TII item 459, March 24th, 2018, TVOS 11.3 Beta 6 and Fortnite Review. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh yeah! My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand, and that I do everything with, and has become an extension of who I am. This episode is brought to you by Casper. For $100 off your Wave purchase, visit casper.com slash TII100 and use promo code TII100. Today's episode is brought to you by RxBar. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash TII and use promo code TII at checkout. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Thomas for sending in the artwork for today's show. Thomas wrote the following. Hi, Rob. This is a photo of the Thousand Oaks, California Apple Store. Text added with the over app. Regards, Thomas. Well, thanks, Thomas, for sending this in. And folks, you can see this artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 459 or at Instagram.com slash Today on iOS and also at Facebook.com slash Today on iOS. Folks, if you have some artwork and or music that you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. This week, we have promo codes for the app WordFinder Game, where WordFinder is one word. Here is the written review from the dev. Quote, this is my new game, WordFinder Game. It is a WordFinder game in which you have to find as many words in the puzzle as you can. The main features are almost infinite puzzles due to the game's puzzle creation, high level of customization, intuitive interface, fully voiceover compatible. Unquote. Well, thanks to the dev for his review of his app, WordFinder Game, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you'd like a chance for a promo code for this app, please send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put WordFinder as one word in the subject line. Well, it was a pretty quiet week update and release-wise. Just tvOS 11.3 Beta 6 was released this past week, and no new features. None that I know of or anyone else knows of. Shocker. Just bug fixes and optimizations. The release of iOS 11.3, tvOS 11.3, and watchOS 4.3 to Goldmaster to the masses will likely be this week on March 29th, either during or right after the Apple educational event in Chicago. So be on the lookout for that. As always, don't be the first one to upgrade if you don't need to. The security updates have already really been taken care of with 11.2.6. So on 11.3, I would say wait a week. Again, now it's coming, but there's no reason to rush into it. Wait a week, give it some time, and then do your upgrade. Wait until the next episode, a week after. We'll, we'll talk about it more on the next episode when it's sure, but if it does release before the next episode, my recommendation, just wait. So now we get into the speculation about what's going to happen at the Apple March 29th event which is happening at 10 a.m. Central Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time at the Lane Tech College Prep High School in Chicago. With uh, the starting time, really, it doesn't matter all that much because it's the ending time we're going to really be more concerned about as it appears Apple will not be live streaming the event. In Apple's events for Apple TV, it has been updated to say, quote, watch the special event held at the Lane Tech College Prep High School in Chicago, Illinois, after it concludes. 
unquote. And I will take that on face value and assume Apple did not want to wake up their IT folks early on the West Coast to monitor the live stream. So folks, you can sleep in on the 29th if you're on the East or West Coast. After the event ends, it will be on demand, which likely means sometime later that afternoon or early evening, and will likely also be in Apple's podcast feed for live events. Per what will be announced, again, most figure on a new lower-cost iPad to try to compete more with the Chromebooks, which are getting more and more acceptance in the educational market. Figure a 9.7-inch iPad, but not a Pro update. Rumor has it that for the educational market, this new 9.7-inch iPad will be in the $259 price range versus the current $329 price. Some are speculating the new iPad will also support a keyboard and the Apple Pencil, or a second-generation Apple Pencil and, and smart keyboard, which um not sure how you go from in one breath saying the focus of the new iPad is lower cost, and the next saying, and it will support two accessories that combined cost $1 less than what the, you think the new iPad's going to cost. Hmm, doesn't jive. I would go with the new slash updated iPad or iPads being announced as the primary thing, but I'm very skeptical on them supporting the Apple Pencil or Apple Pencil 2 and the Smarts keyboard. As mentioned already, iOS 11.3 should be released at or around the event to the masses. One thing uh, that's one of the bigger updates for 11.3 is the new battery health settings, i.e. you can turn off the CPU throttling feature. Others are also saying Apple will release their AirPower wireless charging mat. Not sure if that means the new iPads will also support wireless charging. Some of the other rumors around the event go to the new second-gen iPhone SE being launched, but again, not seeing the tie-in to education for that. I do expect some announcements around Apple Books or iBooks or whatever they're calling it these days. They're switching names on you. Plus something about iBooks author, possibly a major update to it with a focus on teachers and creating coursework. So I would I would say the number two guess is going to be behind iPads would be iBooks author update. There are rumors of lower cost MacBook Air. Okay, maybe. But any other rumors of new Mac products are likely going to be held until WWDC or just released with no fanfare right before WWDC as they've done before. And I would expect an announcement of Classroom 3.0. Right now it's at version 2.2 beta 5 for the devs. We'll find out on Tuesday, and I'll get an episode up this coming week that goes over exactly what was announced. Unless it's something really major shocking announcement, the next episode will be in the middle of the week and more towards the end of the week, a couple days after the announcement. I want to watch the video a couple times to fully cover what Apple introduced and then do some research on it. On the last episode, I mentioned Fortnite for iOS was available, and it was invite only. And I reached out to the folks behind Fortnite and asked if there was anyone I could interview. And they said, no one that does interviews, but if I'd like some invites, they would send me over a couple. And I said, well, of course, please. So I got the invites. Thank you from the folks at Fortnite. And I gave them to my boys. And now I'm going to bring on Henry to talk about what his thoughts are on Fortnite for iOS. 
Henry, talk a little bit about Fortnite on iOS. Compare it to the Xbox One version, and what is Fortnite on iOS missing, and what do you like about it? First things first, I'm going to talk about what I like about it. If you find that Fortnite isn't challenging enough, you should probably do mobile because it's definitely harder. It's the hardest for building, too, and aiming. Everything's about it as hard, but the characters actually do look a ton more realistic instead of just, like, for sketch from a 3D graphic cartoon drawer. What I don't like about it is where they place the fire button. Yes, you can tap the screen on the right side to fire, but you have to hold down the button, which is right above the joystick, which makes it almost impossible to do it. And I think they should make a lefty and righty mode for people who are lefty and people who are righty. You can also customize where the buttons are, but... What what do you enjoy more, playing on your iPhone now or the Xbox One? I still kind of like Xbox more, but it's definitely more of a challenge on phone because it's not like there's a big gap between great players and bad players because everyone's really on the bad side except for a few good players. So it's definitely more even on the skill level and it's definitely harder. Are there any major features, any features really, that are missing on the iOS side? Not really. I can't think of any features that are missing, maybe. So they, they were so nothing. So, so they were able to get everything in. That's yeah. good. Yes. So it's just a little bit harder. Now, do you think it's harder because you're just getting used to it, or is it harder because it's just not a physical controller and the buttons are easier to, to play um, with? It's harder because if you want to fire and move around and move around the screen... You only have two hands, and there's and it's a lot harder, especially when you want to do something like rapid fire. And if you accidentally touch it, you could end up firing it and getting yourself in trouble, and it's a lot harder to aim. But other than that, it's really just the same. same everything works the same, practically. There's no extra or missing features. So if you're wasting half of your life, playing Fortnite on the Xbox One, you can continue to waste half your life now on the iOS device. So, Henry, tell the listeners where they can find your videos on YouTube. Uh, Awesome Gamer Mac. All right, so Awesome Gamer Mac. We'll have a link in the show notes and subscribe to Henry's channel. And thanks to Henry for coming on the show and giving us his Fortnite review. One thing he told me after we got done recording that he forgot to mention is on the iOS side, they actually have an added feature that's not on the Xbox One side, and that is it tells you where items are, what, what the items are, and what direction they are located. So when you're looking to pick up items as you move through their world, uh, it's actually easier on the iOS side because it gives you some information there. There's an article I came across for a product called BabelPod. And this device claims to be able to allow Bluetooth and line-in connections to a HomePod. Essentially, you plug in the line-in cord to the BabelPod and then... It via AirPlay then connects to your HomePod. And, you know, I thought this sounded good, but one clear place people would want this for is for connecting your TV for audio, not from your Apple TV, but from your regular television system, be able to connect it to your HomePod. And I wondered, what kind of lag would there be? And as I read the article, I learned that this involved a Raspberry Pi along with other parts, and then I thought, 
hmm, okay, this is really going to have a lag. And yep, they say there's about a two-second lag. Or put another way, this is only good for streaming music and spoken audio not related to video. Now, if you have some old vinyl records and a turntable and you want to connect that to your HomePod, this will work great. But for video, any lag over 0.1 seconds, 100 milliseconds, is really noticeable and annoying. Again, at two seconds, it might as well be two minutes. It's, it's just a non-starter for video. But if you have old record collection and a turntable or an old eight-track collection and a player you want to connect to your HomePod, then this would make it possible. There is also issues where right now you need to build it yourself. So yeah, it suffers from that kind of situation when not everybody's going to be able to do it. Oh, and they also mentioned it does suffer from some random disconnects from time to time. Let's just say this is an alpha product at best, but likely means someone is working on a Kickstarter-worthy option, and they're going to start working on that in three, two, yeah. So maybe a future episode we'll talk about somebody who rolled a product out like this for Kickstarter or Indiegogo. I imagine eventually someone's going to have a very nice functional product. It'll still suffer from the lag time. I don't see them getting around that. And maybe in the second or third generation of the HomePod Apple, we'll put a line in, oh, why don't you? Why didn't you? What were you thinking, Apple? But for now, this looks like to be the only way to connect non-AirPlay devices to your HomePod. I want to once again thank Casper for supporting the show and for sending me their incredible new Wave mattress. The Wave is the most innovative mattress from the sleep experts at Casper. It is the first mattress of its kind to relieve pressure at 36 different points, so you can feel relaxed in ways you never thought possible. The new Wave mattress is by far the best and most comfortable mattress in our home. My wife has not stopped talking about it since it was delivered over a month ago. Kind of awkward when your wife keeps inviting friends up to your bedroom to check out your mattress. Um, thanks, Casper? Only the Wave mattress has five layers of superior foam, including a cushioning top layer for maximum comfort. Whether you're a back or stomach or side sleeper or some combo thereof, like me, the Casper Wave gives you the support and relief you need for a great night's sleep. The Wave mattress adjusts to your body's natural curves thanks to its patent-pending contouring system. Simply stated, the Wave mattress puts support in all the right places. Casper offers six sizes from Twin to California King with a great price and you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep on a trial. You don't like it for any reason, you get your money back and they come and pick it up and donate it to charity. I know if you listen to this show, you like the best of the best. That's why we're all Apple fanboys and girls. With the Casper Wave, you get the best mattress and you get it risk-free for 100 nights. If you go to casper.com slash TII100 and use promo code TII100, you will save $100 towards the Wave mattress purchase. Terms and conditions apply. All Wave purchases come with in-home white glove delivery and setup for free. They don't just deliver to your home. They deliver it right to your bedroom and set it up for you. With delivery right now for the U.S. and Canada and it's free delivery, when said mattress is delivered, it comes in a squarish box and you think there's no way there's a mattress in there. 
and then they cut it open and, and the packaging and the mattress opens up and expands to form. It is really amazing. Just Google Casper Mattress Unboxing. Again, to save $100 on a wave mattress, go to casper.com slash TII100 and use promo code TII100. Again, casper.com slash TII100, promo code TII100 to save $100. Thanks, Casper, for the great new mattress and for supporting this show and for supporting my back with their incredible new wave mattress. Remember that whole FBI says Apple is in love with bad guys and Apple said the FBI is clueless and will be helping bad guys if they do what they are asking them to do? Remember that whole debate? Yeah, might all have been for naught. A company called Grayshift is supposedly making a product called Gray Key available, it looks like, to law enforcement organizations only that will unlock any iPhones from the 5S and later. This is a $15,000 or $30,000 device, depending on the version. The 15K version is locked to a geofence and requires access to the internet to work, thus supposedly limiting the chances the device falls into the wrong hands. But the 30K device is ripe for a pickin', as it does not require internet connection to do its job. The claims are it can get you the passcode to any iOS device and get you full download of the entire contents of the device or analysis and decrypt of the device's keychain. The company Grayshift is the diamond sponsor at an event in June called Techno Security and Digital Forensics Conference. They are in booth 216, just in case you're attending. Per their own description of who they are, Grayshift is a cybersecurity firm built by experts in security research and access technology. Our focus is on building advanced capabilities to support local, state, and federal government agencies for the purposes of accessing mobile platforms to enable digital forensics analysis. More details to come, unquote. I put in a request on their site for more info and for someone to talk to, but as of the time of this recording, they had not yet responded. So what does this all mean for the average user? Pretty much absolutely nothing. Because my definition of average user is law-abiding, non-drug-dealing, building-blowing-up type users. This is not something some overly possessive ex is going to buy or even likely be allowed to buy to check a phone of their significant other or significant ex. However, if you are a CEO of a company... Yeah, well, maybe all bets are off there because industrial espionage, that 30K price tag for the non-geofence version, yeah, that's kind of just a drop in the bucket for some. That said, Apple is likely going to acquire a couple of these from friends and reverse engineer them and plug the hole that is obviously open. And then Grayshift will update the device and game of whack-a-mole shall ensue. Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of going back and forth. You're going to hear about, oh, Apple did an update and it broke Grayshift. And then you're going to hear, oh, but Grayshift is now working again. But for now, it does appear there is a physical device out there for 15K to 30K that can unlock your iPhone, again, for now. And for pretty much all listening to the show, it means nothing to you other than don't believe the sky is falling that some reporters out there have made this out to be. And some say this, some people will buy this box and then unlock stolen iPhones. 
I, 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 you need to steal and unlock a lot of audio phones to pay for this box. And for illegal use, it, it won't be selling for 30K. It'll be selling multiple times that. Now, there is one thing that is pointed out, and that is if this device has an exploit that is not easily patched and not readily patched, and the boxes become very widely spread, with some of them getting into the hands of bad actors or characters out there, um, or really hand, I shouldn't say hands, because it's only four inches by four inches by two inches, so you only need one hand to swipe one of these devices. If this device gets into the black market and your phone is stolen and you have personal banking info on it, then you could be susceptible to identity theft. I say that not to panic you, but to make you aware that if your device is stolen, you may want to look at remote wiping it ASAP before the bad guys get a chance to potentially unlock it. And of course, always make sure that you have Find My iPhone enabled for your phone in case it does get stolen, that you can quickly and easily wipe it. When the AirPods came out, some, or many, poo-pooed them without ever even testing them out. I love my AirPods. Well, seems some are just now, over a year later, getting around to actually, you know, testing them out. There was an article from The Verge's Vlad Savov where he tested them out from the perspective of an audiophile. He starts off saying he should not like them, given all those reasons that anyone's ever given not to use them without ever actually trying to use them. And then he actually then gets into using them and is surprised how good they are. He ends his review with this, quote, When I look at the limits of what's possible today in terms of miniaturization of audio and wireless components, I can't see a better combination of price, features, and performance than what's offered by the AirPods. The price is fair and the compromises are acceptable. I make it my job to review and enjoy super heavy and expensive headphones and do, that do amazing things with music, recreating and illuminating every minute detail of a recording. That makes me extremely picky about any products I listen to. And the thing the AirPods share with the giant cans built by the likes of a doozy and focal is they convey the sense of intent of the music. And the reason I now reach for the AirPods, even when I'm at home, the unique thing that delights all their users is their unrivaled ease of use, unquote. There are rumors of an AirPod 2 coming out and that will feature some option for noise cancellation. And as long as it's an option, I'm good with that. One of the things I like about the AirPods and the earbuds from Apple is that they don't block the noise around me, meaning I can leave them in when I pause the podcast or music I'm listening to and easily hear the bank teller or the person at the checkout counter. Uh, I don't need to take them out of my ears, drop them on the floor, lose them, forget them. Other headphones and earbuds from other companies I've tested block so much sound from the environment, I can't hear what other people are saying, and I need to remove them whenever I pause the audio I was listening to. The AirPods, in my opinion, are one of Apple's best accessories of all time. And the other one right up there for the best all-time accessory from Apple is the Apple Watch. Seems odd that people keep beating up Apple for not introducing anything good since the iPad and Steve Jobs. 
when, well, AirPods and Apple Watch are really great devices. And the Apple Watch, being beyond great to use, may actually save your life. A new study conducted by Cardiogram App Team, in conjunction with the University of California, San Francisco, found that Apple's watch can detect abnormal heart rhythms with a better than 97% accuracy. Quote, atrial fibrillation, or abnormal heart rhythm, is a condition that can be indicative of major health problems and it can lead to heart failure and stroke. Atrial fibrillation often goes undiagnosed, which is where the Apple Watch and other wearables can help. The Apple Watch won't replace a traditional EKG, but it can alert people to a problem much earlier than it might otherwise have been detected. From the study's conclusion, this proof-of-concept study found that smartwatch photophilomography coupled with a deep neural network can passively detect atrial fibrillation, but with some loss of sensitivity and specificity against a a criterion standard ECG. Further studies will help identify the optimal role for smartwatch-guided rhythm assessment, unquote. Apple is also working with Stanford on their own study to determine whether Apple Watch can detect abnormal heart rhythms. While in the study, if an abnormal heart rhythm is detected, participants will be contacted by researchers and asked to wear an EPATH monitor to further test heart health. And oh yeah, you might just want to talk to your doctor at that point as well. If you have an Apple Watch, you can participate in the heart study, the Apple Heart Study by downloading and installing the Apple Heart Study app forwards. I actually just did this. Being someone that sits at a desk all day, probably a good idea. Once you download the app, make sure you put your Apple Watch on the charger. Launch the app on your iPhone. You will be brought to a what to expect page. Read it over. Then they give you some participation requirements, one of which is you're not taking any anticoagulant medications, and they list which ones. Accept that you meet the requirements. Then you enter your state of residence and your date of birth. This may only be for the U.S. residents or only offer up the U.S. states if you happen to be in the U.S. I'm not sure how that worked, but if you're outside the U.S. and you can't find the app, that might be why. Next, accept you will allow notifications. Next, you are told that if you receive an irregular heart rhythm notification during the course of the study, you will be instructed to contact a heart study doctor, which is a free, as in no cost to you, consultation. But also, as I said before, you might want to check with your, in with your own doctor at that point too. Then you sign the consent form. Then you sign the HIPAA authorization. Then you enter your personal info, including height and weight and sex, as in male or female, not how often. Then enter your demographic info. Then enter a few short yes-no questions. And you are all set. This is less than five minutes to download the app and answer all all I went over. And it could absolutely save your life. If you have an Apple Watch, you really, really should install the app and participate in the study. I don't want you to die. That lowers my download numbers. Again, search for Apple Heart Study, four words in the App Store, and please do this. Not sure if you heard the news recently about Kevin Smith. He's in his late 40s, comedian. Uh, 
he almost died due to a massive heart attack. And he got lucky. Uh, don't, don't rely on luck. Sign up. Again, Apple products are not just cool. They may also save your life. Well, unless you're texting and driving, and then, yeah, then things get really ugly there fast. So this is kind of your whole PSA of the episode. Join the heart study and don't text and drive. And this is a good time to bring up the post from Google Plus, from Myron Euchre, who wrote, quote, For those shopping for an Apple Watch, T-Mobile has a great pair of deals going on right now. First, Apple Watch is buy one, get one half off. And that's a pretty good deal by itself. However, you can then combine that with the second deal, which allows you to add one line and get a, the second line for free. That means you get half off the second watch and no service plan or no cost for the service plan. Both deals are after the bill are after bill credits, meaning you pay full price if you cancel early uh, the modern version of kind of a carrier lock-in, unquote. So Myron, thank you for the heads up on that. And folks, really consider this. If you have an Apple Watch, definitely, again, check out Apple Heart Study app. Shifting gears. Well, looks like Apple has a new spring tradition. And that is on the first day of spring, Apple, for two years running, announced a new collection of Apple Watch bands. From Apple, quote, Apple debuts a spring collection of bands with vibrant colors and unique design. The season's updates include woven nylon bands with a fresh stripe that alternates white and with color for a crisp, clean look. Exclusive Nike bands that color match the latest Nike running shoes and a striking new edge paint color for Apple Watch Hermes band. Later this month, all new bands will be available to order from Apple.com and for purchase at select Apple stores. Apple and Apple authorized retailers and carriers, unquote. So I guess this means going forward, the signs of spring's arrival will be one, the return of swallows to Capistrano, two, cherry blossoms blooming in DC, three, having to show your driver's license to buy Walls or D at Walgreens, and now four, Apple's new Apple Watch bands in stores. Ah, spring is in the air. Hi, Rob. This is Janine from beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. And I forgot to call back after the show before this last one. I believe it was show 457. You had a caller who was having trouble with his left-right speakers not working when he used Bluetooth devices, or maybe in the car. I had that same problem, and for me, I finally discovered that I had to go to settings, general, accessibility, then scroll two-thirds of the way down, and there is a slider, and it says left or L on one side, right R on the other side. My slider was all the way over to one side, so I was only getting speaker in one ear, and I actually bought a new Bluetooth headset thinking mine was broken, and then the new one didn't work. So I started doing more research, and I discovered this was a problem. As soon as I set it to the middle to get equal speaker from both sides, equal volume from both sides, it started working again. So I hope that helps you, reader, and anyone else who may be having problems. Bye. Janine, thank you very much for that feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hey, Rob, decided to buy the HomePod today, and I have to say I'm loving it. One, the sound is absolutely fantastic. Two, 
the fact I have a dedicated smart speaker for my Apple Music. Three, love the fact I can access Siri even through limited, even though limited, for basic information. Four, love the fact I can control HomeKit devices from my HomePod. I purchased the HomePod mainly as my Apple Music driver, and all the other stuff is just icing on the cake. I've heard the complaints about HomePod, and while some are legitimate, I have to say many of those complaints simply do not bother me. One, no removable power cord. Uh, it, it just doesn't bother me at all. Two, Siri not so smart yet. It just doesn't bother me all, at all. Three, won't allow Spotify to be set as a default device. Uh, it just doesn't bother me at all. Uh, the list can go on, but my point is I look at HomePod as a made-for-Apple-centric ecosystem, and the HomePod does exactly what it needs to do, and that is sounding great, sounds great playing music. I may be extremely biased in favor of Apple devices, and I am, but the HomePod has so much potential, which needs to be given a chance to develop out. It's a great device that sounds great playing music, a complete win for me, and it will only get better. Loving the show, big fan. Regards, John Sterling. Well, John, thank you for that feedback. Back to Imabek. Hey, Rob, my wife and I just got the new iPhone 10. We are very happy with the purchase. We did have an issue that did make things a bit upsetting. My wife's iPhone 10 is silver, 256 gig. We bought from AT&T, and mine is two, same 256, but I got space gray. Also was able to snag an iPad for $99. Anyway, after about four days, my wife's new iPhone started doing weird screen glitches like selecting apps and zooming in and out of photos all on its own. No one touching the screen. She even got locked out of the phone as well. So we took it to our local Apple store and they seen, they seen the issue firsthand and they replaced the screen on, on the phone and reloaded iOS back to it. And again, it failed diagnostics. So they ended up just using the warranty to just give her a new iPhone 10. So just wanted to let you know Possibly AT&T may have gotten a bad batch of iPhone 10s. Uh, mine has worked flawlessly the whole time. I'll let you know if that changes. Anyway, off to bed to work tonight so I can drive for AT&T and haul their infrastructure around to get, to get some built. Someone has to do it. Have a great day. Listening from Notre Dame, Indiana, John H. John, thank you so much for the feedback. This is Matt Overseed. How are you? I have a friend of mine with me. That's why you heard the buzz in the background. And we have a general question. Um, is there a way or even an app to block restricted calls? My friend has been having some issues with a couple of people, and she had to change her number once because of calls from restricted ID. And what we tried was changing her D&D &D settings so only contacts would get a hold of her, but that didn't seem to work. So is there an app or another way in the settings to block restricted calls? Um, if you could let us know on our next, or on your next podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated. Take care. Matt, thanks for calling in and sorry to hear about the issue your friend's having. Your suggestion, do not Disturb, that is what I was going to recommend to have a list of people that calls can get through and whitelist them. But you're looking to basically blacklist a restricted number, which means in general you don't know what the number is. 
if there's some way for you to do that, I'm, I'm open to the audience answering this question. So if anyone knows how to help Matt and Matt's friend, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. I want to thank RX Bar for sponsoring our show again. My travel schedule in February and early March was really busy. Three different trips, and I did not gain any weight by the end of those trips. And I want to thank RX Bar for that. I packed a bunch of RX Bars and ate them for breakfast and lunch most of those days I was out of town, skipping the bad food out there and staying with the goodness of RX Bar. I've been eating protein bars for a long time, and I really have enjoyed my RX Bars. They decided to uh, take kind of a different approach to protein bars, and they make them out of only natural ingredients. And they listed those core ingredients right there on the front of the package, like on my favorite, chocolate sea salt, which has three egg whites, six almonds, four cashews, two dates, and no BS written right there on the front of the package. RX bars come in 11 delicious flavor varieties. Chocolate sea salt, again, is my favorite, which is followed closely by blueberry and mixed berry and then peanut butter chocolate. So I go with the fruits in the morning and the chocolates in the afternoon. RX bars are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free. There is no added sugar, no artificial colors, no artificial flavors, no preservatives, and no fillers. Turns out real food ingredients actually taste really good. Who would have thunk? Well, evidently not those from uh, the others that I've been eating out there for years. With RX bar, you can actually taste the real fruit and the spices like in the sea salt. Again, these are delicious and not what you think of when I say protein bars. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash TII and enter promo code TII at checkout. Whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit, there is an RX bar for you. If you are looking for a great whole food protein bar made up with 100% whole ingredients that taste delicious, then once again, go to rxbar.com slash TII and enter promo code TII at checkout to save 25% off your first order. We mentioned before that Apple's source code for iOS 9.3 made its way up onto the web. Apple has now confirmed that it was the source code, which they needed to do to use the DMCA to take it down. So they kind of had to best to that. Apple said about this, quote, old source code from three years ago appears to have been leaked but by design, the security of our products doesn't depend on the secrecy of our source code. There are many layers of hardware and software protections built into our products, and we always encourage customers to update to the newest software releases to benefit from the latest protection, unquote. Again, as we said when this news first broke, this is mostly about it being embarrassing to Apple and not being an issue for end users. One thing Apple did confirm that could affect those listening is a bug with Siri, where she will read your hidden messages notifications from apps other than the Messages app. For example, from third-party message apps like WhatsApp, Skype, and Slack. Even if you have the content set to be hidden, Siri will gleefully read out loud the content of your lock screen notifications for third-party apps, even where, again, you have turned off previews. And Siri will do this without verifying you are who you are. So someone could pick up an iPhone 7 and ask her to, quote, read my notifications, unquote. 
This has been confirmed in iOS 11.2.6 and iOS 11.3 betas. To avoid this issue now, you can turn off lock screen notifications for sensitive apps. You don't have to completely turn off notifications, just notifications to the lock screen, which depending on how you use your iPhone could almost be like turning them off. Per Apple's acknowledgement, they did not say, yeah, it's a problem, learn to live with it. Nope, they said, quote, we are aware of the issue and it's being addressed in an upcoming software update, unquote. I should point out on the iPhone 10, notifications are hidden by default because, well, looking at it unlocks things. But that's not the case with other iPhones. So if you have an iPhone that is not the iPhone 10, then this is a bug likely to affect you. And you may want to look at just not having notifications pop up on the lock screen for the time being. When it comes to sales of products, things are good for Apple. How good are they for Apple? Well, their 10-digit invoicing number, it's 10 raw numbers, no alphas, 10 characters, 10 digits. Well, Apple's running out of numbers. They sent out a letter to partners saying, starting in February 2019, they're going to change the first two digits from being just numbers to allow letters and numbers as well. This one uh, definitely gets filed under a good problem to have. So going forward, alphanumeric in the first two digits of a their invoicing number, and then after that, all just numbers. Of course, not all think Apple sales are going great, with analysts now lining up to predict doom and gloom for iPhone 10 sales. With the current quarter coming to an end this week, so uh, let's see, between now and when Apple announces their Q1 numbers, which will be the end of April, all these analysts, they're going to try to get noticed by others saying iPhone 10 sales tanked and are, quote, underestimates, unquote, or, quote, way underestimates, unquote, or by saying the other analysts are all wrong and sales were just in line with expectations. So there's two ways for analysts to get um, notice one is say it's really bad or two saying the guy saying it's really bad is is wrong hey i guess i'm the second one um, i think it's safe to say iphone sales for the current quarter will be lower than they are or were um, last quarter and next quarter will be even lower that's how it works traditionally as far as sales goes for iphones it also means component vendors have reductions in orders as well so don't rely on them to be a judging factor. So all this chatter for the next 35 days or so is just analysts trying to get noticed, and they do that with link bait titles talking mostly about doom and gloom. Now all of that is not to be confused with the idiots at ZDNet, whose articles are doom and gloom about Apple 24-7, 365. And just so they don't disappoint, they put out this beauty of a link bait title. Quote, Dear Apple, iOS is now a toxic health stew, unquote. This article from Jason Perlow, and I'm not going to get into this article. I just wanted to point out the crap link bait that ZDNet is known for. Way to stay consistent, ZDNet. One of the rumors out there is that for 2019, Apple will get rid of the ears or notch in the iPhone 10 design and for any other iPhones with Face ID. There's no word on how exactly Apple will achieve that feat and still have Face ID sensors in place. Actually, the articles that say this will happen then ask, how's Apple going to move uh, or put the sensors in place? 
So basically, we think this is what they're saying. Not me, but what these articles are basically saying is we think Apple will get rid of the notch, but we're not sure how they will do it. And neither is anyone else that we've talked to. But hey, they'll figure it out. They're Apple. So we're sticking with our prediction. And again, that's basically how those articles go. With some adding in, and Android manufacturers are now starting to design in units with the same notch ears as the iPhone X. Because of course they are. The other rumors around the ears and notches for 2018 is that they will become smaller for all of Apple's products that have Face ID, which is supposed to be three new iPhones this year. Again, basically one the current size, one larger, um, and then one right between, in between. So this, the current one and the larger one would be OLED, and the one right in between would be an LCD. If you were that one person that did not buy an iPhone X yet because of the colors choices, then rumors of good news for you. Apple's supposedly getting ready to launch an iPhone X in the blush gold color. So again, if you held out for the gold color, your wait might be over soon. And who knows, maybe there'll be other colors like Project Red will be announced. And they announced that one for the iPhone 7 a year ago. Color options aside, the most likely next iPhone to be introduced is the iPhone SE 2nd Gen. And this is really the iPhone 5 redone a few times. So really, this is the iPhone 5 4th Gen. Um, that would be a more accurate um, description, but whatever. Sometimes I go down these rabbit holes. Per the SE 2, that's what most people want to call it. So let's stick with SE 2. The iPhone SE 2, it likely will look identical to the current iPhone SE with just upgrades to the processor, RAM, storage, camera, and wireless. You know, basically everything on the inside gets changed. If you want to figure out what those internal specs will be, well, it'll be some mix of what is in the iPhone 7 and the iPhone 8. So where price is an issue, they'll go with the iPhone 7 component. And where it's not, uh, the iPhone 8 component will be chosen. This probably means the A11 processor from the iPhone 8 gets in there, but none of the wireless charging like the iPhone 7 has. Originally, rumors were a Q1 launch, which would mean, well, this week. But again, I don't see this fitting in with the education event, so either a smallish invite-only event at the Steve Jobs Theater sometime in the next quarter, because I really is going to be Q2, um, or it's launched at WWDC in June. Hey, Rob, Kevin. Thanks for the show. Uh, hey, I didn't know what your feelings are on third-party repair. I know that you tend to mention a lot of going to the Apple store for this and that. I actually run a third-party repair business, and most third-party repair, or many, I don't know what the appropriate word there would be, tends to have really great customer service, and they like to get customers in and out of their store. And I know that a lot of the third-party repair stores do have batteries in stock. If somebody really needs to get that done, they don't have to wait for Apple. They can get it done. Is it $29? No, it'll probably be more because we're not apologizing for a manufacturing mistake or a software mistake. It's going to be a little bit more, but 
most likely you can get it done in about 20 to 30 minutes and be on your way with a quick appointment. So just wanted to let you know that. I'm here in Kansas City, actually. Feel free to reach out to me if you'd like to experience my stellar customer service on helping you with any of your smartphones or tablets. Thanks. Bye. Kevin, thanks for the feedback. And per my opinion, you asked, I'll tell. Uh, And mind you, I used to work in a third-party repair center for Apple authorized, it's not an Apple, but an Atari authorized retail center when I was in high school. So I've experienced being around third-party repair centers. But my opinion is this, especially with the batteries. If you have an Apple store where you live, go take it to the Apple store. Uh, yeah, I can understand the reason um, not wanting to wait right now if your battery was dying. But if it, if you can wait, then for $29, you're, in my opinion, better off going to the Apple store to get it repaired. Because if they also damage anything else, they're more likely just going to replace the unit. You're going to get a free unit. Uh, that's not something that'll happen on your side. If you're, you know, no offense, but if someone who's doing a repair breaks the connection or cracks the screen or does something else while they're trying to take it apart to replace the battery, um, that's not the situation you want to be in as the person repairing it and, and the person getting it. Now, granted, I agree with you. Most repair centers are going to be great, and it's a great place to go for stuff that's out of warranty, and and especially if you drop a screen and crack a screen compared to what Apple's going to charge. But in the case of the battery repair, especially for the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus and 6S and that, where Apple is giving you these new batteries for $29, I can only recommend people go to the Apple store for that. I, I just can't recommend anything other than that at this point in time. But I do appreciate you calling in, and I appreciate all the third parties out there. Uh, but in this case, for the Apple battery repair, where they're offering a $29, uh, yeah, you got to bring it into the Apple store for that. To the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I also have an iPhone 10 question, and that is the genius um, that the geniuses could not answer. I often join a conference call and go out for a long run. I have Face ID turned on and maybe uh, wake on lift. I also have touch to wake. When my phone is on a call, I will put it uh, put the lock screen and put it my phone in my pocket and maybe monitor the call with my AirPods. In my pocket, my phone screen usually lights up probably by being jostled around. And then the default screen is the call options. Anything can happen then. The phone can unmute. Uh, I can mute it, the call. It can make it join a new call. It can hang up. Is there any way I can lock the screen and block the screen of the phone call controls from coming up during a run? I use Map My Run and plan to ask them to have a lock screen feature for their app if that's possible. Regards, David. Well, David, have you tried? Okay, you get the phone call, you got the phone call up, then you minimize the call and get it in the background, and then you bring up another app and bring up maybe the Notes app, and then you lock your screen what the notes app in the background. Have you tried doing that? That'd be the first thing I try. Uh, and yeah, and then see about turning off wake to lift and turning off some other things. But first things first, I would just put in the notes app and see what happens there. Uh, so that way, if it comes awake, it's not going to come awake to the controls for the phone call. But if anyone has any better suggestions, please let us know. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-1-DOG or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, this is Dave from New Jersey, and uh, listening to the quarterly report. 
Those big numbers are no surprise. The biggest number of all is their increase in price for the iPhone, which is off the chart, which is why I still use an iPhone 6. I'm sick of their price gouging. There's no need for it. I love your show, Rob. You're great. I enjoyed seeing your kids in the unboxing of the HomePod. I thought that was really nice to include them. And they look like they're going to be future podcasters. Boy, they are excited about opening those boxes. Good luck to you. Take care. Enjoy the show. And I've been listening for years. Love it. Talk to you soon. Bye. Dave, thanks for the feedback. You know, Apple will tell you that, yeah, their price is high, but the component levels that they put in there and the innovation they put in there are high as well. I mean, they put a lot in the iPhone 10. Could and would I love to see the price lower? Absolutely. Uh, and maybe we will. I guess we'll find out how sales go for the iPhone 10 here the rest of this year after they got past uh, we Uber fanboys and girls, what happened to iPhone sales. So we'll know more about where price is going to be in the future based on how sales go here from this point out for the rest of the year. If iPhone sales are down year over year, then expect some pricing changes, uh, especially this next quarterly report and the one after. So the next two quarterly reports are going to have a lot to do with what Apple does on the pricing, if they're going to cap it and start pulling it back, or if they may even look to expand pricing uh, if, if iPhone 10 sales are really robust. The Apple accessory third-party company Elevation launched their new cord dock for iPhone. It is a dock for the iPhone that if you lift straight up, it works as you would expect a dock to, and it releases from the dock and the cord. So you have your iPhone and that's it. But if you rotate and forward and lift, then the cord remains attached to the iPhone. So you can still have your phone connected to the power, but in your hand and closer just so you can do more with it. It is pretty slick on how it works and how small it is. The dock has micro suction cups on the bottom to keep it in place on your desk. Pricing is $39, not bad. There is a nice article from Mac Rumors along with a video. You can see it working. Right now it comes in any color you want as long as that color is black. Though it seems like they may have other colors in the future based on how they have the options listed on their site. Uh, look for the link in the show notes for episode 459 titled Cord Dock. One word, no no special offers here and they're not advertising and they didn't give me anything. I just thought this kind of looked neat and it's probably one that I'm looking at buying. Hey Rob, if you haven't asked Siri to call the Ghostbusters and who she's going to call it, you should try that a few times. Thanks, Drew Nimarello. Drew, thank you for the suggestion. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters, or whomever you ask me to call. Call Ghostbusters. The line appears to be busy. Hmm, maybe they should get call waiting. Call Ghostbusters. Uh-oh, it's Stay Puffed again, isn't it? Call Ghostbusters. Is there something strange in your neighborhood, Rob? Call Ghostbusters. Sorry, I can't find Peter Vankman, Raymond Stance, Egon Spengler, or Winston Zetamore in your contacts. Call Ghostbusters. Sorry. I can't get a good paranormal cellular connection. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Thanks again to RxBar for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to rxbar.com slash TII and use promo code TII at checkout for 25% off your first order. 
before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode. Be a question or rant you have about something else. An app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking also for new artwork to feature that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it, make it square, send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. And of course, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. Quick reminder, if you are an app developer or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and, pl- and please, in that email, include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author, and also include um, when the promo codes expire that you've sent over. Thanks again to Casper for their support of TII. And if you go to casper.com slash TII100 and use promo code TII100, you will save $100 off a Wave mattress shipped right to your bedroom. Again, go to casper.com slash TII100 and use promo code TII100. Terms and conditions apply. Finally, Check out the TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app and get our update if you already have it. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to go Ramblers. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.